Hey, baby. This episode of the Slutty Scientist Podcast. <laughs> that was the worst Barry White impression I think I could have ever come up with. Like, I don't think there's ever been a worse Barry White impression that has ever happened on the planet. So I apologize that you guys just had to listen to it. I don't know about you, nerds, but there is nobody, nothing on this planet that gets me going like Barry fucking White. Honestly, like I feel like a Barry White song comes on and everyone instantly gets horny. For real. Like no Barry White song is ever played unless somebody is about to like get fucked. Like in a movie or like in real life, you go in, you put like that Barry White vinyl on, or is it vinyl? I don't even fucking know, honestly. You put that Barry White CD on, that Walkman, you get the tub all ready to go with the bubbles and the jacuzzi, you get your silk robe on, and then your significant other comes in, and you got some chocolate-covered strawberries, and you're like, baby, let's go. You know, Barry White is just like the epitome of sex, and the second one of his song comes on, I'm like, God damn it, I gotta go get laid. Uh, which isn't really saying much because honestly, like, every time anything happens, I kind of say, like, I have to go get laid. Like, that's not really anything new. But, but there are a few things on this planet that get me a little in the mood. And I know that I'm not the only person that feels this way. There's actually an entire category of stuff that is supposed to get us in the mood. Yes, nerds. Today, we are talking about aphrodisiacs. We've all heard of them. We all know them. But do they actually stimulate sexual desire? And that is what we're going to find out today, ladies and gentlemen. This episode is on aphrodisiacs. All right, nerds. So we're just going to get right into it because, I mean, what the fuck else there is there to do? We're not just going to sit here and bullshit around. That's not what we do on this podcast. We learn. All right. So what is an aphrodisiac? For those of you who do not know, an aphrodisiac is a substance that increases sexual desire, sexual attraction, sexual pleasure, 
or sexual behavior. And so these can range from a variety of different things, including spices, foods, plants, and of course, synthetic chemicals. Throughout history, all of the aphrodisiacs that have kind of popped up from culture to culture to culture have been categorized in these five different ways. So the first one that I had never heard of before was spicy foods. So are you hot yet? People thought that certain foods that created warmth and moisture, I'm going to say that word again because I know a lot of my listeners really love this word, moisture. (laughs) So we're talking about chili, curry, jalapenos, spicy peppers, that kind of a thing, were thought to arouse passion. Our next category is if it looks like a sexual organ. My first thought, bananas, hot dogs. Those are things I stopped eating as a kid because you know what? I got fucking made fun of, but who's laughing now? Who the fuck is laughing now? I will sexually eat a banana in front of anyone. I don't give a fuck. But also, you know, there's there's more common ones like oysters or any type of really like shellfishy food kind of resembles a vagina. Next is a category of foods that kind of contribute to this hypothesis of like reproductive foods equal reproductive pleasure. So things like eggs from like fish row or birds or even animal genitals like uh, bull testicles were thought to increase sexual desire and potency. The next kind of hypothesis, we'll say, is if it's exotic, it must be erotic. So back in the day, foods that were considered rare or expensive, maybe like caviar and then, you know, long ago, like chocolate, had a reputation as a sexual stimulant. And finally, Stimulate the senses and you'll stimulate desire. So anything that's going to stimulate one of your senses, sight, smell, taste, touch, in a pleasurable way were thought to stimulate passion. So, you know, there's always that like one smell that like you smell that fucking cologne. I love Abercrombie cologne, honestly, but like the Aqua de Jaw or Geo or whatever the fuck it is by Giorgio Armani. Oh my God, that shit gets me going. You know what I'm saying? So anything that will stimulate one of your sex- senses in a sexual way. Okay, so those are the five categories. And your slutty scientist did the research for you. You don't have to do anything. Just sit back and relax. And I am excited to tell you that there is little evidence to support the effectiveness of most substances thought of as natural aphrodisiacs. Why am I excited to tell you that? I'm not, actually. It's kind of a bummer, you know? Like, if I could just, like, eat, like, a tasty food and it was, like, going to get me horny, like, that game over. Like, that would be so easy. But, of course, life is not that easy. We're going to shit out of luck. We're going to have to figure it out ourselves. Um, Watch porn, but don't watch too much porn because then you're going to fuck up your neuro pathways and such. 
go back to that episode if you haven't heard that one. Some of these natural aphrodisiacs that we've heard of in the past, common ones like chocolate, not an aphrodisiac. I'm going to give you a little history lesson. So, you know, chocolate, we use it in our culture today for all sorts of stupid shit. We give it for Valentine's Day. We give it for Easter. We eat it when we're sad. But to the Aztecs, chocolate was a lot more than just a comfort food. It was considered a powerful aphrodisiac. So back in the 80s, researchers actually thought that they figured out why chocolate was an aphrodisiac. They detected a chemical in chocolate called phenylethylamine. We're going to call it PEA. I considered calling it P, but... um. You know, you guys would get confused. You know, it gets a little freaky in here. So we're just going to call it PEA. Um, and PEA is in chocolate. And PEA is a set is a central nervous system stimulant. Usually it's present in the human brain. And it is thought to help arouse emotions. Ooh, chocolate has PEA. PEA makes us arouse. Let's get physical, physical. I'm talking about sex, baby. Well, unfortunately, when we eat chocolate, the human body doesn't actually absorb that much PEA, especially not enough to affect our emotions. At least at least as of now, like research hasn't found that chocolate actually stimulates sad sexual arousal. But, you know, if I see a sexy man dripped in chocolate, I'm going to look that shit up. That's all I got to say about that one. Next is oysters. They look like beautiful, beautiful vaginas. And they have been a reputed aphrodisiac since the Roman Empire. I know this whole podcast is turning into a fucking history podcast, but just stick with me because it's it's cool to note. Even Casanova, our sexy Casanova, would say that he ate 50 oysters a day because it helped him get in the mood. Well, there's a few things about oysters that, you know, scientists back in the day said could be attributed to it being an aphrodisiac, including it containing zinc, which has been found to be an essential nutrient for testosterone production and spermatogenesis. So pretty much if you have male reproductive organs and testosterone, you're good to go. But if you're a female, you're fucked. But also, also, here's the here's the silver lining, ladies. Specific amino acids and serotonin, which are integral in the neural pathway of pleasure response, were also found to be in oysters. However, these simple little attributes that oysters have, these nutrients, these chemicals, does not necessarily mean that it is going to make us horny. It's not going to make us horny. We spoke about this in the episode about porn addiction, how dopamine actually plays the major role in the pleasure response. Serotonin is actually more so of a calm. When you're when you have a lot of like serotonin production, you're you're more chill. And then when you're dopamined up, you're more productive and you're more stimulated. You're ready to go. So I know a lot of people, I don't really have this problem. A lot of people like can't get horny unless they're like chill. I mean, I get horny no matter what emotion it is. I can be angry and I'm horny. I can be chill and I'm horny. You know what I'm saying? But you know, most people have to be like calm to get horny. So eating an oyster gives you some serotonin. Maybe you'll get horny. Who knows? And finally, the last example that we're going to talk about today is red 
red wine. There's a lot of there's a lot of jams happening in today's podcast. So red wine, you know, everyone's like, "Ooh, pour me a glass of sexy red wine with my steak and then let's kiss and taste the red wine." First of all, you make out with someone and they drink red wine, it tastes disgusting. So, I don't know whoever said that, but I I disagree. I mean, alcohol can facilitate sexual interactions because it lowers inhibitions. However, less is more when it comes to alcohol because alcohol is actually a sexual depressant. Shakespeare said that in Macbeth. He actually said it provokes the desire, but it takes away the performance. So, you know, we're talking about whiskey dick. Guys, I'm looking at you. I know that most of you have experienced whiskey dick before because you are way too drunk to get it up. It's a sexual depressant. So if you're planning on having a long night of sexy, sexy sex, I do not recommend that you drink a lot of alcohol. One, because it's kind of illegal to consent when you're fucked up and when your partner's fucked up and two you're just gonna get whiskey dick anyway so don't fucking do that just be sober it's it's much better that way anyway (sighs) but there is a light at the end of the tunnel there is a silver lining because there is anecdotal and historical evidence that some plant-based substances may actually work however however As your scientist, I am obligated to disclose that these results are not conclusive, meaning there have been some studies that show that these could potentially work, but more studies are needed and you can we cannot say for sure, the scientific community cannot say for sure that these are actually aphrodisiacs, but we'll talk about them anyway because it's kind of interesting. Even though these are not conclusive, Research on aphrodisiac properties of these plant-based compounds is still encouraging. So they're looking good. We just we just need some more time. We just need some more data. All good. That's how the scientific process works. We're not saying they are. We're not saying they're not. We're even not saying that chocolate is or isn't. As of now, it's not an actual aphrodisiac. But there is so much in this world we don't know. And, you know, once upon a time, we thought this fucking earth was flat. Little did we know, it's a fucking sphere. And you know what? Once upon a time, maybe we will think that chocolate is not an aphrodisiac, but the Aztecs might have been right. So we're going to get into it. Ginkgo is the first plant that may or may not work as an aphrodisiac. It's derived from a fan-shaped leaf of a tree found throughout Asia and has been shown to increase blood flow in peripheral organs, including genitals which means that it will improve your sexual function in both men and women. One study demonstrated that it did, and one study demonstrated that it didn't, so this is to be decided. Next, we have ginseng. Several clinical studies suggest that it is effective for erectile dysfunction and may improve sexual arousal in menopausal women. Pregnant ladies, don't take this. I mean, honestly, don't take anything without your doctor's, like, consent or recommendation. Like, talk to your fucking doctor before you just go and, like, fucking pound ginseng. Like, don't do not do any of that. That's fucking stupid. However, it is in the line of sight for potential aphrodisiacs. Next, we have maca. It 
is an Andean root vegetable shown to enhance libido and improved erectile dysfunctions. However, these studies were done in rodents and people are not rodents. So there were a few studies done with people and in this group of studies, there was four of them. It seemed as though it did improve sexual function in both men and women. The studies, they were small, and so there just, like, wasn't enough diverse data to, like, confirm or deny this. And the fourth study that was done actually debunked it. So it did not agree with the original findings of the original three studies. So is maca a sexual aphrodisiac? Do not know. But maybe in the future we will. Finally, tribulus, a compound in this plant long used in China and India's ancient Ayurveda. I'm so sorry. I'm so ignorant. I please correct my pronunciation of that. I'm an asshole. But Ayurveda medicine traditions uh, converts to a natural steroid hormone. So it's been shown to increase sperm production in rodents. Again, people aren't rodents. But there have been several human studies that have found that maca improves semen quality and erectile dysfunction among men and increased sexual satisfaction in women. And it can interact negatively with some medicines prescribed for heart disease and diabetes. So just don't don't do anything. Don't don't do any of this stuff without talking to a medical professional, please, for the love of Jesus. Don't go anywhere and be like, oh let's let a scientist told me no. Bro, go to the fucking doctor if you're having erectile dysfunction. Go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. <sighs> Finally, there was just one more thing I want to talk about because I thought it was like really interesting when it came upon my research, and it is pistachios. So obviously, people have been eating pistachios for forever. They have tons of nutritional value. They got a lot of protein, a lot of fiber, a lot of healthy fats. We love a healthy fat. And they have a variety of health benefits, including helping lower blood pressure, manage weight, and reduce the risk of heart disease. So, you know, pistachios are good for you. Eat a fucking pistachio. Everyone's, like, always worried about, like, oh, the fat content. Just eat a fucking pistachio. It's good for you. Okay. Okay. Anyway. So, one small study that happened in men, they consumed three and a half ounces of pistachio nuts per day for three weeks and the study shows that these men experienced increased blood flow to the penis and firmer erections which is uh, awesome does that mean that pistachios are aphrodisiacs probably not it just means that it's probably due to the pistachio's ability to improve blood cholesterol and stimulate better blood flow throughout the body including the penis so i mean it's kind of cool you know, pistachios help with blood flow, help with erectile dysfunction, help have firmer erections. There's a lot of really, like, you know, cool, like, nuances and shit that go into, like, our sexual health. Like we said last episode, making sure you have a well-balanced diet. But yeah, I mean, keeping a healthy diet, like, does some really great shit for, like, you know, your sexual health. So eat some fucking veggies. I said last week I was going to eat some fucking veggies and I ate like maybe three servings of veggies since then. But you know what? Three is better than none and it's progress on perfection. Thank you, motherfuckers. So now that we have unfortunately debunked the myth that there are some of these aphrodisiacs that are just so easy to get our hands on like chocolate. Let's talk about things that actually do work, shall we? 
first of all, we have pharmaceuticals. Hello, pharmaceuticals. We love a drug. Shout out Pfizer. They make Viagra. And there's also Levitra. And these add potency to sexual response. So these two pharmaceutical drugs can help you if you are having trouble getting aroused. Other than those two pharmaceuticals, I want to talk about some other types of drugs. I know a lot of people smoke weed. And when a lot of these people smoke weed, they get fucking horny. I am not one of those people. In the past, when I have dabbled in this substance, I have become a couch potato and I don't even want to move my pinky, let alone up and down on a dick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I can't even move, right? However, there have been other substances that I personally have tried, and this is just my personal experience, like ecstasy that has surely increased my sexual desire. And what did this experience include? Well, first of all, what ecstasy does is it kind of just like has your brain dump all the dopamine that's in it. And so when you hear about this like depressed, like come down that everybody has the next day, it's because they pretty much used up all of their serotonin at the same time. And so that's why you get this like euphoria, this happiness, this calm, this like, you know, excitement kind of a thing that happens. Whenever I have dabbled in that substance, the blood flow goes right to my genitalia. So yeah. I'm not saying do ecstasy. I'm not encouraging anything illegal. No illegal activities are being encouraged by this podcast, but that is my experience with that. Now, just because some substances don't directly cause sexual desire does not mean that they cannot get you horny. For example, I mentioned this earlier when I eat a banana right? Say I'm with a partner and I start sensually eating a banana. It's suggestive, right? Your partner starts thinking about the banana in the mouth, which is like the dick in the mouth, and it turns them on. It just, it makes you think about sex. Okay, this is going to point me to sex. Just like chocolate, like you start eating chocolate in a sensual manner, you're going to think about sex. If you start drinking red wine, you can think about sex. These are things that historically and like, you know, in our society are linked to sex all the time. Whipped cream, hell yeah, bring it on. Give me the whipped cream can, put it on my nipples, lick them off my nipples. You know what I'm saying? So anything really can be like suggestive and, you know, remind you of sex, like the senses. One of the last categories that we talked about was like, you know, provoking the senses. And so anything that is going to make you think about sex, maybe you had a previous experience eating a certain food, maybe you had a previous smell of a partner you really liked, maybe that there was somewhere that you were touched in the past that just like get you turned on, you know, for whatever reason. Those things can all be like certain types of aphrodisiacs. Barry White, that man just makes me think of getting laid. So that can be an aphrodisiac. If there is any way that you want to spice up your sex life, I encourage you to maybe dabble with something that is like an aphrodisiac for you. And when I say aphrodisiac now, at this point, I'm using it like loosely, not like literal aphrodisiac, but 
Barry White like reminds me of sex and that's an aphrodisiac. If you and your partner are feeling stale in the bedroom, maybe like do something that you guys have done before and like you remember. Like there's a song you remember. There's a movie you remember. Like there was somewhere you went. There was something you ate. Or just start like <laughs> putting these things like into your foreplay add all these things into your fucking foreplay and you're never gonna be able to eat fucking whipped cream the same way again okay i mean memories are a powerful thing powerful (laughs) memories are a powerful thing and you just start locking in certain food or smells or tastes or touch with a pleasurable experience you're going to remember these things and when you smell it or see it or taste it out of nowhere maybe you're at work maybe you're with your parents and it's just like the most inopportune time to get horny you're gonna get fucking horny yes you're gonna get horny so what are you guys gonna do tonight you're gonna go online you're gonna go on ebay you're gonna buy that barry white vinyl you are going to put it on you are going to make that bubble bath for you and your partner and you are going to show up in a silk hugh hefner red robe and you are going to get it on that's all we got for today nerds And I also just want to remind you guys that if you like the Slutty Scientist podcast, and even if you don't like the Slutty Scientist podcast and you just want to talk shit on me every week, you can subscribe. Make sure you tell all of your friends and family and acquaintances and everybody that you meet about every single one of these episodes that I come out with every single week and help me grow. Thank you. This is the Slutty Scientist and we're out. Slutty scientist.